Welcome back to On Point. I'm Arlene Bynan for Alex Pearson. And we know what day it is when we say welcome Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks, Arlene. What do you feel as we're seeing? we got the debates. We've got, um, of course, an election in the province of Ontario. And then we have the conservative leadership debate, which is almost a microcosm of all these things that are whirling around national politics. And there has been a call for the nastiness to go away. Then there's other calls for perhaps to get out of the weirdo, wacko stuff. Tom, what are you watching when you look at that race? Well, a couple of things. I think Arlena was a conservative uh, prime minister. John Diefenbaker said strong people have strong opinions. And that happens in politics. And if you can't stand the heat, well, there's a remedy for that. So you often find in leadership contests, as you do in campaigns, that people and, and the House of Commons and the Senate, that people have strong opinions. There's nothing wrong with that. The conservative party's really up against it, though, Arlene. It reminds me of liberals uh, talking to liberals that I knew in the day 15 years ago. So they have now lost three elections and they've gone through three leaders, 2015, 19, 2021. You can't lose four in a row. If you lose four in a row, you're in very, very serious trouble. And that's why you get pretty hot interactions in their leadership race, because the chips are down. And I think they know that. It's no one is talking about a permanent opposition party. But if you lose four in a row and the, and the Liberal Party faced this 15 years ago, they had sim- also gone through recycling leaders. They're looking for that formula. And that's where the conservatives are right now. They are. And they're taking some are taking anger and they're wondering how to get there. Is there a right path here? I remember in the day. When, you know, I, I know old stories are, t- are tedious. I'm going to keep this short. Not to me. Not to me. So. I know. <laughs> God, God. Making you feel good. God bless you, Arlie. I knew a liberal in the day. He was pretty high up. I'd known this man for many years. And this is when Trudeau was running against Mark Garneau. And I said, well, I guess you're going with the astronaut. He said, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I said, well, come on, look at the credentials. I mean, on the, on the face of it, he said, you haven't seen Trudeau in a room. He does that thing where he walks around, he smiles with his mouth open, especially on campus, but it crowds the crowds that that man draws. We don't have a choice, he said, and it turned out it was a good play for the party. Where are the conservatives right now? I know in the English debate, one person filled the room. It wasn't even close. All eyes were on Polyab. You're watching, even when others are speaking, to see his facial expressions. Look at the crowds he draws. I don't think it appears... As it stands today, and a week is a long time, it's Polyev's to lose. He's the only play that party has because he can draw those crowds. They is that all that matters, though? We asked this, and I'm glad because I've talked about this with Trudeau. There's so many comparisons there. You know, is he experienced? He's too lightweight. It isn't going to work out. And then we saw the world lining up for selfies. However, there is concern, and is there not some validity there? that what he's selling now may not be enough because they have to get liberals, people who voted liberals, to vote for them. It's about addition, not subtraction. Absolutely. And all those conservatives uh, in the Toronto area who lost 25 seats should bring something to the table. But right now, one of them is not a seat in Toronto. 
So it's all well and good for critics to say, you know, we don't like those Westerners. They, you know, I think some of them eat with their hands and, and it, it seems kind of rough crowds. And we want that more genteel Toronto crowd. But 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 that crowd can't win a seat. Uh, Preston Manning, I remember in old reform days, used to say, you know, isn't it funny? When our people voted progressive conservative in the day, they were wise, thoughtful, and patriotic Canadians. So when they started voting reform, then they became became red meat eating, you know, sort of cavemen who were on the lunatic fringe. I know, but things have changed. Look at this. I mean, many people are looking for a new leader, but maybe they're not looking for crypto or Bitcoin. Many people looking for a new leader, but they might not like what they saw. They didn't see a trucker convoy. They saw something else and we have social media we have a we have a different vibe here tom it, 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 i know what you're saying on the other hand do we know what strong opinions really are now or are they offensive but but arlene we can only play the cards uh, if you're a conservative that are on the table yeah polyev is not running against a fantasy dream date he's running against john charay I think it's over. <laughs> All right, let's go back to one of your favorite topics, and I know you've had a lot in Blacklocks about it, is subsidies. You know, when it comes to the train, I love the train, and I'm very sad that trains are more prevalent across Canada. I just think a lot of people didn't realize it was 862 bucks a rider. The subsidies on VA Rail and their latest financials are absolutely appalling, uh, and that is on a that's the worst per passenger subsidy they have. It's on a run from my old home province, Winnipeg to Churchill, Manitoba, over eight hundred and thirty dollars per passenger. It would literally be cheaper to fly them there instead of spending a week sort of humping it through the Muskeg all the way up. <laughs> All the way up to Hudson's Bay on the Crown Railway. Uh, Via Rail has lost a lot of money. Their passenger ridership is a fraction of what it was in pre-pandemic time. Cabinet says we will not privatize it, but their finances are absolutely dreadful, Arlene. All right. And speaking of finances, um, you know, Tom, the last time we talked, I talked about this uneasy feeling. And I'll just bring it up as we end with you again. We talked about the ground underneath us feeling it was like it was moving, but it's still there. And every day something else drops, you know, restaurant prices and inflation and all these things are, are happening. We have war, pandemic, everywhere we look, there's a feeling of unease and uncertainty. True, right? It is true. And, uh, you know, the, we see you, you, you talk about the cost of living. How devastating is that? In-house research by the Privy Council office, and they asked people about the cost of living. These were focus groups. And, and you know what people said, Arlene? They said, uh, yeah, I'm having to take a second job. Uh, we're not taking a holiday this year. I was hoping to retire, but I don't think that's going to happen now. These are pretty stark remarks. And they also find this was quite uh, uh, poignant, frankly, parents saying, what about our kids? Like, is this the world they are entering into? If you're of a certain generation, this is heartbreaking. Arlene, the whole point of this exercise, the whole point of Canada was an ever-increasing standard of living. 
And people have a sense that it's slipping away and it will never come back. And it's to the point they fear for their children. How dark a place is that? But there's a lot of Canadians in that place. You can't tell. They go to work every day. They have a smile on their face to go about their business. But inside, it feels really bad. And you talk about the conservative leadership race, Arlene. Someone is speaking to that. Anyone? But are there real solutions being spoken office, to, Tom? But they have to. They have to speak to that, Arlene. Yeah, I know they're speaking the to are. it. But I'm watching for solutions because this problem is is in the United States. It's around the world. It's not just a Canadian problem. I'm watching for people who say, "I'm the only one who can fix it." It's complicated. It is complicated, but isn't it also the case that problems can be over-intellectualized? Because I don't live in England, and I don't live in Florida. I live in Canada, and I'm looking for a Canadian solution for my Canadian gas price. Tom Korski, until the next time. Thank you. Have a great evening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Arlene. (laughs) Cheers. Tom Korski, Managing Editor of Black Logs Reporter. I'm Arlene Vaughn, and this is On Point.